You are now listening to the Claim It podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman. Each week, I have a conversation with someone that inspires and intrigues me. We talk about their journey, their story, their fears, their doubts, their wins, how they make shit happen and move through their life in the intention to inspire you to get out of your own way and to see, hey, we all have fears, doubts, worries, hard things to overcome. In today's episode, I have Lori Bregman, who is a celebrity doula. If you don't know what a doula is, they're basically assist pregnant women with having a baby. So with throughout the pregnancy and really they're there in the labor delivery room or at home, wherever the person has to choose their baby, making it be a better experience, a peaceful experience, supporting her throughout the whole journey. So this episode is not just about birthing babies. <laughs> uh, it's a very interesting story about how do you become, how do you end up becoming a celebrity doula, especially when she doesn't have her own kids? I thought that was interesting. So what happened when, well, I'm not even, I don't want to spill the details, <laughs> but really interesting of how she became this doula and like how amazing it is and how she needs to be in her life and her work because she her clients include Anne Hathaway, Molly Sims, Kate Hudson, Kristen Bell. I mean, she is working with the biggest celebrities in the most intimate spaces as they birth babies. So I love this conversation with her. I love her so much. And also um, she's the author of two best-selling books as well. And she's just started a superfood company. She's super interesting, super sweet. Let's get into it. Hi, Lori. Hi. I'm so excited because when we're listed or when we're recording this right now, it's the day of the release of your second book. This not going to come out for a while, but that means you guys can grab up the book right now. <laughs> That's listening. right. But how Today, are you feeling? Um, I feel really good. Tired, but good. I, did yeah. a, I was up um, all night the night before doing a birth and then had interviews all day yesterday. So I didn't sleep until like last night and kind of feel like, you know, hungover <laughs> a little bit yeah. without, the, without the drinking. <laughs> yeah. So that, let's go right into that. You were up all night doing what? Helping a couple have a baby. And how did you get into that line of work? You're so it's the word you're a doula. I'm a doula. Oh, that's one a pregnancy of the coach. Yeah. Um and I take people throughout the whole entire journey. Um I got into it I have been doing it for about 18 years now. Wow. And um I used to be like this huge massage therapist. Okay. So that was like your first that was like career. my first thing. And you did you love massage? Was it something you just sort of did, or you, or you were like, no, I wanted, I love. No, I loved massages. it. I loved, I'm and I studied therapist. all kinds of healing modalities. Okay. And um, but I've always been drawn to working with pregnant women. Always. Like you noticed when you're giving the massages, that I was you, like, I want to gear this towards pregnancy. And when I took my yoga teacher training, how can I gear this towards pregnancy? And interesting. My life coaching stuff training that I did, I was like, how can I gear this towards? pregnancy yeah these women go through all this stuff and um this do you feel like do you know why you were drawn yeah to, because okay. well when I took my doula training my teacher said to me um there's a w reason that all of you are here there's mm. something that happened to you during your mom's pregnancy with you or mm. during your childhood or your birth that affected you because this line of work that you're called to is not something that 
normal people just do. Yeah. So I, it kind of just, I had that aha moment, but I didn't know what she was talking about. So in training to be a doula, I'm guessing that's after you are doing massages, learning about how can I do this to pregnancy, yoga teacher training, how can I do this? So you just kept being drawn to pregnancy and then you're in the doula training and she says that and you're like, oh, I'm like, okay, oh. maybe that's why I'm here. Yeah. And then a few years later, um, I went on a yoga retreat with my best friend uh, at the time, Sean Korn. Oh, Sean Korn is like yoga guru, high priestess. I'm yeah, like, she's the best. <laughs> um, so she, I went on a yoga retreat with her and I just had these breakthroughs on this yoga retreat and my whole life changed afterwards. And I launched myself into this seven years of deep, 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 deep healing on myself. Oh, okay. And in that process, and I'm getting to the story of how I oh, came to this. <laughs> so at that time when you go on the yoga retreat, are you already a doula? What are you, what is your I life? I take my doula training. I was kind of like doing a few births here and there. I was doing my girlfriend's birth. You're all still, still doing massage? You're doing massage, yoga or no? teaching yoga, like studying with all these healers and, you know, okay. doing all, I mean, doing just a bunch of different things. And I'm, I'm I, I always call it's like, um, I had no idea what I, what I, I was just doing what I was drawn to. Yeah. And I know, I, I knew I was like, kind of, I was gathering the ingredients for my special stew. I guess, yeah. you know, and the way I do Lori Bregman and gear all of my stuff towards my doula work. So you get intrigued by something. Mm -hmm. I want to learn more about that. I'm going to take that. Whether it's, I want to learn about I'm the guessing, chakras. Like Reiki, maybe. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know. I'm totally. like, I'm just throwing things out there. Yeah. <laughs> like, Reiki, chakras, creative visualization. Um, and um, not maybe even necessarily as, oh, I am going to use this somehow in my career, but just like, I'm intrigued by this. I want to learn it. Well, or did you always know? I was intrigued. I, I kind of learn. I only learn what I'm intrigued by. I'm like yeah. one of those people that I don't learn if I don't want to learn it. Yeah. So, but it was like everything I was learning, I was bringing into my practice. Yeah. And I was, I was building it as I went because I didn't know what I was doing. So I went on this yoga retreat, launched myself into seven years of deep healing. And through this process, um, I was working with a hypnotherapist, Michelle Mache. Wow. And... We got to this, we went back, 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 and there was, we came, we went to this wound that I was carrying, that I came into the world with, we figured out, um, that this was a story that I was running, that was running my life. That was, I was a burden, mm. I didn't deserve to exist, and I was unlovable. So every choice I made up until this point yeah. came from that wounded place. And up and, and I had no idea where it was coming from. So those came up, but not here's why or where it came well, from. Well, it came up. Next, eventually yeah okay. so i she was like i was like she's like where do you think this is coming from I'm like i don't know and she said well let's do a session next week and figure it out i'm like screw next week like let's go i'm going in like i don't yeah. i don't peel the onion i i just <laughs> dive right into the center because like when it was a weird i had this feeling that i needed to do this healing work that wasn't just for me but it was for something bigger than me. Yeah. And um and it was like almost like my soul was like it's a necessary ne it's like necessary. There's like we have to do it at rapid speed. So I um 7 years wasn't rapid speed. But, <laughs> but I did do a lot of like and then I you know you would never stop growing and and working on yourself. Yeah, but no I get that too where there's like times in my life when I was like okay, I must take in all the information, learn about all of these things whatever and then I was like okay, I'm good, but not like I'm still always learning I, I and taking information. It was just like, I'm just not in that like immersive mode. Yeah. So Michelle and I went back in the next day and um, I went back and she kept, we were going back to where this first happened and boom, 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 and boom, I'm in the womb and in my mom's You're in womb. In the womb. And inside the womb, um, 
I just could feel how I felt in there. And I was so stressed and I was, um, started having a panic attack. And so Michelle took me out of the session and said, what was your mom's birth with you like and pregnancy? And I was like, I have no idea. Yeah. So I asked her and my mom started crying and just said, the fact that your soul survived that, you were meant to be here. And she didn't even like tell you what happened. That was the first thing she said. Yeah. And then she told me about it. And she told me, you know, she was 18. It was back in a time um, where you didn't get pregnant before you got married. Mm-hmm. And um, she was from like, a, you know, an upper middle class family. And it was frowned upon. So yeah. she, and she was not married to my dad. She was, you know, so. She's 18. 18. I mean, she did the best she could with what yeah. she knew how at the time. We're very close now. And so um, she just kind of like ignored it and was in denial about it. Right. And thought if she just starves herself and doesn't eat, oh. it will go away me. Or, you know, doing things to try to get me. And then she Got kept bleeding. <sighs> so she thought I wasn't there. And then oh there was like goodness. around five months pregnant, you know, she started popping. And she took me to my grandmother. I mean, took her. She went to her grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> took me and her to her grandmother, to my grandmother. And they decided they were going to put me up for adoption. So they told my dad. And my dad was and like. And was that when the first time that she like, did she then, when she's hiding it from people until she finally started popping at five months and when she went yeah, to your mom then it was like I'm pregnant she thought she had a tumor so she went so my grandmother I was like we're gonna put you up for adoption blah 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 told my dad my dad's like look you have two choices you can either have this baby and marry me or I'll raise this baby but you're not putting my baby up for adoption oh the father of the child my dad that. my dad your dad said that to my mom oh but wait your mom and dad weren't married. No. Okay, got it. That yeah, was like, yeah. Oh, okay. So, and did you? So, you lived with your mom, or were they were together, just not married? Well, I'm getting to that. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's so, um, so anyway, they decided to get married, and my mom went into a deep depression. Oh, you're saying when she was pregnant with you? Yeah, she wasn't. Right, right, right. In my mind, I totally slipped into like you're pregnant. Got it. Got it. Right. Yeah. In my. My was well, like, because that's how like yes, embedded your grandmother, it is, but, yeah. yeah, whatever. So yeah, she's pregnant. They go. She finally tells her mother. Their her parents, your mom's parents, say we're gonna put this baby up for adoption. Your dad, father of the baby, me, yeah, yeah. your dad, father <laughs> of the dad. baby, you, father yes. of you of the baby that is not born yet, who might be given up for adoption, says no. You are either yes. marrying me and having this baby, or, or. I will raise this baby or, by myself. God, are you having the baby? And I, wow. And yeah. how, was he 18 or he was still or 20. young? I think just 20, 21. Wow. So he, um, so they got married. She went into a depression. And at about nine months, about eight months, she started getting excited about the possibility of having me. But the imprint that was already embedded in my yeah. being of I'm a burden, I don't deserve to exist. Wow. And followed by the birth. I mean, I'm older. So back then, birth, not what it is today. Um, But I was, you know, my mom was, they didn't allow men in the room. And she was all alone in a room with other pregnant women having babies. Oh, wow. It was like barbaric back then. And then they put her, they, when I was coming out, they would just put her to sleep and pull me out with forceps. But because she was, didn't really eat and do all that stuff. I, and I was, I I was like just five pounds and they put me in an incubator for a while. So I didn't even see my mom or, and then. She went, she had like postpartum. So I, you know, for the first couple of years of my life, 
wasn't, you know, she did the, like, again, she was a child raising a child. Yeah. And she was dealing with postpartum and she probably didn't know that right. or have any support or talk to anybody because nobody, nobody was talked about, talk that. about that then. Yeah. But all that shaped who I am. And right. so I, you know, Steve Jobs always has that, the quote that has, my dad shared it with me was, uh, you can only connect the dots looking backwards, not forwards, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, I feel like had I not come into the world in this way and it, it affected me and, and I lived from that place and healed from that place. Now I, I came in, it's my calling. So amazing mm -hmm. and so powerful. And it is, I've definitely always been like, so interesting. Like what makes someone become a like a doula? And yeah. Especially like I would make up that a lot of people that have kids and have been through labor themselves, maybe then go mm -hmm. into being a doula. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I was like, oh, yeah. Like, no, what I live. I lived it on the opposite side. And my thing is my intention is to support these women and love them up and nurture them and be their advocate and just give them so much support because the better that they feel, the better that child will feel. Yeah. So um, it's really is a calling. And I do believe it's my sole purpose, the why I came into this world to help support women and the babies. Wow. Thanks for sharing all yeah. that. I'm like, I have so many questions. I don't even know where to go. But then I'll just, let's still like keep talking about. So then you... In that seven years, while you're discovering that, going through hypnosis to uncover these things, at that time, are you working as a doula? Yeah, I'm kind of. But you're still doing other things or you're just. I'm a, I'm a like a multi-doer. Multi-doer. <laughs> I, I think my spirit likes to be doing lots of different things. You know, I don't, I don't think I could just have my hands in. It's like you. Yeah. I think you and I are similar. I'm like, I'm like, well, I have one great mission, but yeah, it's doing it in several, so well, many same. different ways. It's yeah. like I have an umbrella, but I do it in different ways. Yeah. Right. So. um. I was doing some yoga training, teaching. I was doing massage. I was massaging everybody in Hollywood. I was, I was like, I was, I was studying with healers all over the world. I was deep, deep in my yoga practice. And on my yoga training, I'm mean, not my yoga practice. I was on a yoga, another yoga retreat with Sean. And I got this download and I saw the words rooted for life. And I started rooted seeing, for life, rooted for life. And I started seeing flashes of like, visions coming before my very eyes that were, it was like prenatal yoga, products, books. Um, just like flashing in your head, like as you're doing yoga. Yeah. Well, in Shavasana. Okay. Yeah. I'm still so, doing yoga. <laughs> yeah. It was after like five days on this retreat of like being busted open. And um, my intention really was to be like, what am I doing? Like, what's the next level for me? Like, what is my When soul? you were going on the retreat, you're yeah. like, okay. I, I mean, I set an intention from what I wanted to work on. And it was just kind of like, I'm gathering all this stuff and what am I going to do with it? Because I was like, you know, so, and I started seeing like somebody sitting there like coaching. And then I thought, oh my God, I, I remember at the end circle, um, I was like, I'm going to open a pregnancy center and it's going to be called Rooted for Life. Oh. And little did I know that I actually became the pregnancy center. And I started this program called Rooted for Life, which is just you know, a blend of everything. It helps women create a solid foundation for them and their baby to grow from. But the program literally became my, my first book, Mindful Mom-to-Be. And then it's just kind of, that's the umbrella. And then, you know, I have my superfood company, um, Seed Life. Which that's, is that pretty new? Yeah, I just I launched like, it. New. I was like, I thought that that was just new. I was like, or else I just learned about it, which is amazing. Yeah, did I give you some? 
Yes. Okay. You did. You, I got one though that was for um, being more fertile, and I don't. <laughs> Once I was like, I'm gonna pass this one along. Okay. <laughs> Come on, any I'm more good clients? With my two kids. <laughs> um, yeah, we. I launched with my uh, a dear friend and a past doula client, uh, Anna Anna Rothen, and it's so great because she is uh, the the business part, and I am like the creative one and kind of the face of a little bit more because of my, you know, background. Yeah. But it's superfood smoothie powders for all stages of womanhood. We have our fertility blend, our pregnancy blend, and our new mom blend. And we're launching menopause and PMS and a bunch of other blends coming out soon. And it's, it's so good. And is this like through all the years from you learning and all these different studies and like what herbs can help support women? And that's what I, yes, I imagine that you've just been constantly learning and figuring out how to best support these women it's it's through all that kind of stuff um i did the integrative nutrition course oh i did too yeah i did that and i just studied i've always been fascinated with the healing powers of food um i think food is medicine and Mm -hmm. um, when you really look at it that way and look at like what is this food doing for me it it changes your whole outlook with food so i do a lot of uh that and um and that's from you know stem from that work so how did you even, when you said you started to become interested, you were like leaning into, okay, massage, lean to pregnancy, yoga, lean to pregnancy. Like, do you remember even like, when did you first hear of like what a doula was? Did you have a friend that had a baby that used a doula? Because like that was no, to me, I, took- I didn't know what a doula was until like a more naturalistic friend was having a baby and was considering using a doula. And I was like, what is that? Yeah. So I learned about it when I took my... Um, around 20 years ago, maybe over 20 years ago, took my prenatal yoga, I mean, sorry, prenatal massage training. Oh, okay. And the teacher told us about doulas and I was like, hey, that sounds cool. So I just took it. The, Got it. The, but then I would, I just practiced, I had no idea what I was doing. Took this like weekend training. In fact, I just wrote an article yesterday <laughs> for Vogue where they asked me all this stuff. And I was like, I took my teacher training and, um, and it was like a weekend course and they, I just went out and started doing all my girlfriend's births, but I had no idea what I was doing. Right. But that seems like the best way to start. Oh, school of you're life. having a baby. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm interested in being a doula. Like, let me do it. You know, let me do this with you. Yeah. So I play, I was just in the room and like kind of learned as I went. And yeah. Cause that's was like also, even if like someone being interested in it, who's had a baby, then it's still like, it's a different experience because you're having the baby. So you can't even fully you know, process everything that's happened because of like what's happening and you're feeling. So I feel like that's interesting that you're then like there in the room, like witnessing these labors. And I don't know, it feels like you might, you just can learn on a different side and level. Oh yeah. You learn from the woman, the couple, the nurses, the doctors, the midwives. I mean, the mothers, I mean, you learn from, I, something I always do, and I've done probably thousands of births at this point. Crazy. Um, but I take something from each birth. And, and add it to my toolkit. And that's something... I was like, you take like a love from the room? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, like these midwives, like a couple months ago, taught me if sometimes the cervix can be completely dilated and there might be like a lip, which is just like a little piece of the cervix still yeah. there. And if you do a pelvic tuck... Oh, like, or like the woman just does a pelvic tuck, if you it do can a pelvic, help If you do baby. some pelvic tucks or you curl up, if you have an epidural and you bring your knees up to your chest and curl up to your side, it'll get rid of the lip like that. So I did this yesterday in a birth 
and the lip was gone. And so I think this is what the difference is between like a doula that's been doing it for a long time and a newer one, because you, you really learn by doing. Totally. And it's a, because you get- they can't all be the same. So it's like you're right. learning so much from so many different situations and bodies. And and there's no there's no two that are the same. And you just gather information. And so your toolkit becomes gigantic. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and for the newer doulas that are out there listening, I would just say, like, never stop learning. You never do. It's been tw- it's been 18 years. I, to this day, never stop learning. Yeah. And I feel like I don't know about being a doula, but just in life when a certain thing is that I feel like sometimes you can get to a place like, oh, yeah, like I'm a this, like I'm a professional. I've done this. That sometimes with the never stop learning. It's also that also that maybe that's not always just one way that for me in different areas of life, it's like that's I've seen it hold other people back. We're like, no, this is the way that I do things. And this is how things work. So we do it this way. And then they're not open to like other things happening. Oh, you must have read my new book, Mama Stag. <laughs> I paged through it, but I'm like, no, I'm like, I didn't read that. Either. I was just even thinking from back being a sound engineer and like people being like, this is how we do things. And they get stuck in that one way. And so then if anything was like off, then they'd be like frazzled or like, no, I have to get back to this way that I do things. That's the best way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just like always like keeping your mind open yeah. and learning with, with whatever. Yeah. You're, passionate about in life or pursuing and just do you yes and that's another thing is is that we all have different backgrounds and ways of doing things and I went something I always I tell the newer doulas because I didn't have anybody mentoring me I had to figure it out myself mm. and is that what a lot of people do now then they would go to a mentor like mentor with another doula I have like one that I'm mentoring right now where she can bounce things off of me and I but the newer doulas that have come and they're like can I just talk to you for five minutes you know I'm like, just gather your stew, like do it your way. I don't, don't look what other people, I don't care what other people are doing. I I like so happy for them all and I applaud them and I celebrate them. But you, if you just do you, nobody, you're, you're one of a kind and like just bring your gifts and share them and make that your own stew. Yeah. I love it. And that's like, you know, my, the app, my deck is called own your awesome, which are that sort of like, yeah, like it's, own who you are mm-hmm. fully like just being like accepting it's like own your awesome and your accomplishments and that and that you're allowed this but it's a lot of it is just to and like own who you are fully and allow yourself to be yourself fully and yeah. be like well this person does this so this is the right way or this is the way that is just like and we also are constantly growing and evolving yeah so one way that you could have never thought for yourself and be like oh, okay i now feel this way yeah <laughs> i think to people get tripped up on um well so-and-so is doing it this way or will anybody like it if I do it this way? Yeah. And I think when you really, like, even on my Instagram, like the Elbregi Instagram, I do, I had somebody that looked it over and she's like, I want to help you with your Instagram. I want, it's just like, it's, it's like, I want to clean it up and make it all pretty. I'm mm. like, I'm not pretty. Like, yeah. I'm messy. I'm like, like, I color outside the lines. Yeah. It's like, I'm into sharing the wisdom. And you, when you just put you and what you're drawn to out there yeah. and you just do it your way, you'll draw in from a place of authenticity. Totally. Because you can look at it now and it's like, okay, on Instagram, this is what these people do and they color, they have this all same color scheme and then the layouts need to be this, which I might now in my own color scheme, but I'm not, it was more just like for me, that was like to be I like- I love your color scheme. Helps white and black. <laughs> and gold. <laughs> and gold, yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. But you, like, it's like you know, what you're wearing today. Exactly. And it is me. And that for me, it was just like, that helped me take my like thoughts out of equation. But I'm also, I've always been someone like, if I don't feel like if, if that shifts, then I shift. But you don't have to like there's plenty of people with insane followings that their Instagrams are messy and 
like this photo and that mm-hmm. and they don't make any sense and you know that it is it's just like if we can put in that but this person this is how everybody else grows their following like that's how some people have grown their followings and then a lot of people have been like I have to do that too right but that isn't those are all just made up rules that we create or then other people will be like let me teach you how to be an Instagram star yeah this is what you do uh, it's like <laughs> none of it is erase for, like just, it's just do, do what you, you want to do because do what feels good I've for post, you. Post that I need to hear or that my clients need to hear or Same. like I was out with a girlfriend or just this, it triggered something in me that like, I just was like, wow, this is amazing. Like I want to inspire. And I can't tell you how many people find me because they, they'll be like, I follow you on Instagram. I'm so like vibe with what you say. And, and um, I love, you know, and I would love to work with you. And, and I think that's the thing is like, don't be tripped up on what people say. And also, I think a lot of people, I figured out, I wrote my book. I, I did my Rooted for Life program. I figured it out as I went. So like, I was yeah. like, oh yeah, I have this program called Rooted for Life. And I knew, I had the outline and I knew what I was going to do. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to figure it out as I go. I'm going to take it into my, with work with clients and just do it. And that's a lot of how I have done yeah, things in my that, life if too. people could live like that more without trying to figure out like the end result becomes more magic because then it evolves and i think people yeah. never start because they don't have it all figured out yeah they don't have it all figured out how this is the exact outline or how it's going to go or and everything has to be like so perfect or this or that before and it's just like nothing really is ever it, it's everything's always evolving because we're constantly learning and growing and also nobody ever knows everything about anything like even you think of like the smartest person in the world they don't know everything about everything. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just like, we're, we, we're so hard yeah. on ourselves. And like, I can't speak up. I can't share. I can't say I'm a doula unless I have this. Well, like, just then if you want to be a doula, then go f- when you have find a fr- pregnant friend and offer to do it for free because you want to. That I also think that there's a big thing of like, charge what you're worth and this and make it to make it in like that sort of stuff is somewhat good for like getting out there. But also just sometimes just like, if you feel called to do something, then just get your hands in it and do it. Mm-hmm. And not, first step don't like and then you can go be like okay I'm good at this now I'm gonna yeah this, exactly just do like, it <laughs> I um remember years ago this life coach psychic life coach said to me you're gonna be writing I see you writing lots of books um and I what you need to start doing is a blog and I was like uh I can't write I can't spell my English is terrible I got a <laughs> d plus in like in in high school, barely, it didn't go to college. And um, I don't, I, I don't even know how to use a computer. And she's like, so figure it out and start writing. So I wrote, I listened to her and I'm like, I'm guessing she gave you that direct advice, but there must've been something in you drawn to it, even though you listed all the reasons why you weren't going to do that. Cause I, I like, I don't take you as someone like someone told me to do this. So I got to do it. That a part of you, must've sparked I something was like, like, okay, okay. I'll try it. I'm, I'm a big, like, what's the worst case scenario? I try something and it doesn't yeah. work. And, I, and at least I tried something. So I yeah. was like, all right, I'll try it. So I got on the computer and then I was like, wow, I actually know how to use a computer. And then I was like, and they have this thing called spell check. <laughs> and so I, um, and then I was um, going up to Aspen. I met this girl on a, the plane who had this website uh, called, oh God, I forget the website. Um, but anyway, she was like, will you write an article for me? And I was like, okay. So I wrote this article um, about how to have a healthy pregnancy. And I sent it to her and I remember like almost throwing up because it's like the first time I ever really put myself out there. And, yeah. um, she wrote me back and said, Lori, 
thank you so much for writing this article. It's, um, it's so good. Um, I just have one thing to say is that it's, I'm actually going to make it the front thing of the, of the whole website because it's such a good article that it deserves like up there. And then I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I could do this. (laughs) So that was how soon after you had just like been like, okay, let me try this blogging thing. Um, probably like a week later. No way. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first thing I ever wrote. And so then it gave me confidence. The first thing you ever wrote. So even though you were like, okay, let me learn the computer, you actually had not like posted your own blog yet. I posted that on my blog and on. Got it. Okay. And then I, and then when I and hit like, my blog, it. I was like, oh my God. And then I posted it on Facebook. Cause remember, I don't think the Instagram was up at this point, Yeah. but I posted it on Facebook and I was like, and then everybody started reposting it and sharing it. And I wow. was like, oh, so it kind of gave me some confidence. Um, and then I just started writing and then I found joy in it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is fun for me to research this and write this. And then, you know, it just be- took a life on itself as own. So I make up that. So the reason you're drawn to write that article, to write these books, is because that you must be witnessing while you are a doula. And I actually want to even talk more about what a doula entails. But that you must be witnessing these different mothers having these fears, these doubts, these different concerns that you're then like, I want to share this information. Like, so what are you experiencing in being a doula? What's nice is that I don't, I don't have children of my own. Yeah. So I mother the mothers and I, it's like, I can stand there with a neutral, as a neutral support system where I don't project my way I did things onto mm-hmm. people. All I have is taking hundreds and th- like thousands, I guess, at this point of women through pregnancy and birth to know that no two are the same. So I see, I mean, a lot of women go through a lot. Everybody's different. Yeah. And a lot of women, some women are more fearful and some women, um, they go through stuff with their relationship. They go yeah. through, you know, you're going, th- when you're pregnant, you are like a butterfly, like a cocoon, uh, sorry, a caterpillar going into a cocoon and emerging as a butterfly, something so new and different. So a lot of stuff comes up and there's a big fear of the unknown. And so it's just having that support system you know, is this okay to eat? Is this, you know, uh, do you know, do you have a referral for this? I'm feeling this and I'm going through all this emotional. Can you jump on the phone with me? Um, you know, and in birth, you see lots of different things and, you know, you, I prep them for that. And, you know, it's just nice to. And you start working with people, I'm guessing different stages in the pregnancy for different people. Yeah. Or do you mostly try to work, start with work with people at a certain point? Well, I get booked really quick. So most people start with me the second they take a pregnancy test. No way. Yeah. Amazing. Some of them I work with before with fertility or they go like second time moms that work with me. They'll text me and be like, hey, heads up. I'm trying to get pregnant. And I'll be like, cool. Text me the second you get pregnant. And that's one because they know you are in demand. So they like got to put. I get booked really quick. Get that. But also is that then like do they now then like want that support from like day one, you know? So before, like, I don't even know how long you've been booked up like this, whatever. But like, so if it wasn't like based on your availability, is there an ideal time? Like, do you like, no, it's I love working with them from day one of their pregnancy or in that day one. Are you then available to them? Do you start seeing them or is it not to like get to a certain stage of their pregnancy? Um, I like so I'm I think the reason I'm so successful as a doula is because I build really strong, deep relationships with my clients. So I see them a lot. I talk to them a lot. I really get to know them. Um, and I build a really deep 
deep bond between the two of us. So, or the three of us, you know, or the four of us, you know, the, the partner and um, the baby and all that kind of stuff. And so I like to start earlier because then I can support them more. Yeah. But not, I mean, sometimes I'll take people on later, but I won't just do the birth. Yeah. So, and is that typically, is that when do doulas would come on in the last trimester? A lot of, it depends. All doulas are different. Yeah. We all work so differently. Like some doulas just do the birth. Some doulas just do postpartum. Some doulas do the whole journey like me. So you do postpartum as well? I that don't. Was something you don't? No. I just learned about that when a friend of mine who's also, who was also on the podcast, Sophie Jaffe, she just had her third baby and she got, I don't think she Love had Sophie. prepared, but she had the postpartum doula. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Why don't we know about that? Because like <laughs> in those first 40 days or however many more, but like, it's just impossible. And even if you've been through it, I mean, I did, I was mo- well more prepared for my second, but my first like, whoa, I was so like, I got to take care of this baby. I got to take care of this baby. I can't like do this. So I was not drinking enough. I was not eating enough because I was like, I'm sitting on the couch constantly nursing. Mm-hmm. I can't put her down. And I was like afraid to carry her to go get more water or food. Like, and like so like stressed she's not gaining enough weight but then it's because i wasn't taking proper care of myself right and, and postpartum doulas take care of you so you can take care of the baby yeah so it's um it's a beautiful thing i have a bunch of friends that are so i refer them all the yeah. time um and i really do in my birth prep that i do with people is i do a whole session on postpartum and i mean yeah just even like having that knowledge because i was yeah like, well yeah i'm gonna know i'm gonna be breastfeeding or whatever i know i need to eat whatever but then once i was in it i was in the second with when i was with my second one i was like I know I have to do what I have to do to make sure that I am hydrated, that I am eating nourishing foods. And so it was like with Arrow, I was home like nursing her two days old, walking around to get water and stuff like that. I also wasn't as so afraid of like this tiny like thing. And if I drop her or whatever, but I was just sort of like making the demands of like, I need this. I need this. I, it's not even about me. It's about this baby. Yeah. And like, I have to ask for more support. Good. That's so good. Yeah. But I the first I like I honestly now... I think my milk supply issues early on were because of me not taking in enough and the stress. And then I was like putting my baby in real harm. It's scary. It's scary. Because also then the motherhood of can't do formulas bad or this is bad. So like, you know, like I eventually did then go into a little supplementation, but then I got my milk supply up and it was like up. But there was like a couple of weeks where I used formula, you know, and it's like it was easy for me to say whatever is best for you. Like, I don't have any judgments on this mom that's just like breastfeeding isn't for me. I'm doing formula. It's great. But but yet I was judging myself mm-hmm. for like, okay, so you're basically starving your child right now because you're somehow in your body, you're saying you can't give her formula. Mm-hmm. I was just like, that was a fucked up thing for me to realize. And I think that I'm guess that a lot of other mothers might struggle with. Yeah. I like support, I'm, I have women that are like love to breastfeed. Some women that have a really hard time. Some women that have don't have milk supply. Um, and I remember one. Some people just don't want to breastfeed. Yeah, or don't like it. And I was like, I always never had a judgment about those people. Yeah. But then when it came to me, and then like making the that mom choice. guilt's really real. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a it's a all mom struggle with it. Yeah. And in, in different forms because I don't have it in yeah in like other areas, but I like that was like oh yeah. And, and it's like when I work with women with fertility, there's a real, when you feel like your body should be doing something that's not doing it. And like sort of shame about. Yeah. There's, um, what's, it plays on your self-esteem. Yeah. A little bit. So, and then this guilt, but you know, a fed baby is a 
yeah. healthy baby. Yeah. It's a fed baby. Yeah. And um, there are really good formulas out there when you need it. And thank God. Yeah. Yes. But that was just like, I. it's just so funny. And then even to natural birth, epidural, is an epidural evil, you know, and like that sort of thing. It's like, you have to do what you have to do. And I ended up having to get or choosing to get epidurals for both when I was like my entire life, I will have a natural birth. I will have a natural birth. Well, you don't know how you feel until you're in the moment. Yeah. And, and I try, and, but also it's like my body and how it was reacting and what was happening the length of time and whatever. But for me, there was like, it was a so hard, like shameful choice to make. Does this mean I'm less of a woman or of a mother because I'm doing yeah. this? But the moment I said yes, which it was if I don't even know what hour I was in, was the and I had back and front labor, and I was not like I was in labor for like twelve hours with my water I had like broken, and it was like still like not dilating like enough or whatever. So it was like it was taking a long time, but I'm still was like I got to do this, and I'm like miserable and probably that screaming. I am realizing I'm putting my baby in so much distress. As soon as that epidural kicked in, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I'm having a baby. But before that, I was in like, get this thing fucking out of me. Yeah. I was like, that's not a great way to welcome something into the world. And also that that it has to be this way. It has to be this way. It has to be this way. It makes you rigid. Yeah. And I always knew I'm not going to say I'm not going to get one. But my intention is and I believed I was someone with a high pain threshold. (laughs) That like, so I'm going to be able to do it. But I never was like, I'm, things are going to be this way. I didn't even like, I wrote, I was like, birth plan, smirth, like whatever. Like my intention is I'm not going to use medication, whatever I might need to. But it's still like when I had to make that call, and even with the second one, same thing. I was like, it was, it wasn't as painful because I was, I was, I wasn't having back pain. So I was able to sustain what felt longer. But then I also was like, I don't know how much longer this is going to last. Because if there's anything's like Zia, then I'm still got a ways to go. And I also, I have a a one a two-year-old now and I don't get much sleep. So I'm also like, I want to be rested. So like, okay, I'll get that. Yeah. Um, I think when you're too rigid in your approach, your body follows. Yeah. Right. And then you don't dilate because you're trying to control mm. and you hold. Second of all, I personally, people are like, if I get an epidural, I'm like, cool, you're getting epidural. Like whatever you need to do to make it right for yourself. I will tell you that I don't think you win an award. By going unmedicated. Yeah. I think it's um, beautiful. And I yeah. think women can do it. Mm-hmm. And I think, but, and I've seen a lot of women do it. Yeah. And, um, you know, and we're all different. We're all built different. We all have different pain thresholds. We all have different intentions. But I think it's empowering enough to make a baby. Yeah. To carry a baby, to birth a baby, to feed a baby, no matter how you choose to do it. So, and to mother a baby. So whether you get an epidural or don't get an epidural, and doulas can support you during that. I know that some people are like, oh, I'm getting an epidural. I don't need a doula. Right. Well, you yeah, do. No, I would a lot of times that in my mind, like, oh, so a doula is more for is for people that are more into natural things than natural birth. So they're to help me manage the pain when I'm doing this completely natural or maybe even a home birth or whatever. But you're there to support them through the entire process because so many things do come up in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And and also I feel like we have so much information these days that it's overwhelming and that we don't even like know what's going on. Like we have so much information that we still can't figure anything out because there's, if you want to find the information on this, you can find it. If you want to find information on the opposing view, you can find it. So it's like, you can like, you don't know which wormhole or what's wrong or what could be this or what can be happening because you can find evidence facts on every side of everything. Right. 
So there, that's it, it's such a beautiful thing, the internet and social media. Yeah. And I mean, it, we it have. I love it. It's a gift. It's a gift. But it's a lot. But it can be overwhelming for a, a new mom or a pregnant mom because the information is just too much out there. Yeah. And it's oversaturation. And then you're also being bombarded with, you should be doing this. And projections. And I did it this way. And judgments. And there's just too much. So um, in comparison. Yeah. Right? So I quiet the noise usually when I work with my people. And I sit down with them and um, have them sound out things with me so they can connect more with their truth and then yeah. support them in it. I don't care what they do as long as it's their truth. Nothing drives me crazy in people that are not living in their truth. Yeah. So as long as they're doing that, I support them and I don't care. The other thing is... Well, and even that, I think that's so valuable because so often... First of all, when people are having any conversation, so whether it's with their loved one, their best friend, their mother, whatever, and so maybe they are trying to talk about these things. I think I want to do this or that. Then the a person on their hand may be the most supportive person ever, but they're maybe not asking the questions. They're like, oh, that's great, honey. Or like, okay. Or like, oh, well, did you see that so-and-so did it like this or whatever. That's like, you know, like that you're creating a space for them to fully be heard and also probably asking them questions to go deeper and to really like put themselves into like, well, how do you want to feel? How do you this and not to strip back the layers of what should, what I saw so-and-so do, what this doctor said, what I saw on this show, yeah, whatever, so that you're allowing them this space to like actually get in tune with themselves. As a lot of us, we don't allow ourselves that space. We think, well, I'm think I think about things all the time, but those thoughts like swirl around our head and sometimes just saying them out loud, talking it through with someone, even if that, like, you know, it's like you're coaching them, but not like you're giving them information. You're just like, Getting them closer to what is it that you want deep down? Yeah. And how do you want to do it? And then um, and then just having that support, because if if I say to them, no, that's wrong, like some people do, then how are they ever going to they're hiring me to be their advocate and, yeah. and support them? How are they ever going to trust themselves if I don't yes. trust them in their choices and support them in it? So um, doulas, you know, a lot of people it's not like you, you know, usually you have to get into active labor before you get it. I like to try at least get you into active labor before you get an epidural because, yeah. you know, your hormones have kicked in, the baby's a little bit more engaged. So you have stuff to work. Yeah. And, and also it's like, when do you go to the hospital? If you choose to go to the hospital or when should I call my midwife? Or um, is this really labor? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and come over and teach you breathing and different labor positions and tips and tricks like that I've gathered to help, you know, support you through that whole process. And also I know you, it's like a, a known person that you've worked with who totally has your back. And that's all the interest is, 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 is in having your back. Um, that gets the way you operate, that gets the way you do things and that you can trust and let go because they won't leave your side and, and they know you. And it just is nice to have that person because doctors come in and usually catch babies at the last minute. Yeah. Midwives come. Totally didn't know that until I was in labor. And I'm like, where is my doctor? Not until like, okay, we see the baby's like head. I'm like <laughs> crowning. Um, or like midwives come later in the birth, you know. And I mean, there are a lot more, yeah, available. And um, you know, nurses come and go and do all the blood pressure, and we all have our parts to play, and we all work together as a team. But doulas are there the whole time, whenever you need them, and don't leave your side. So I did a birth a couple of weeks ago that was a fifty hour labor. Fifty. 50. Didn't leave her side. Oh my goodness. Um, the, then two days later, or the next day I did one that was 20 hours. Didn't leave her side. Then I did one that was 10 hours and was there the whole entire time. Um, 
nurses came and go, shift changes, the doctors came in and checked in and then like would pop, you know, pop in to deliver. But I was that one person that could advocate and communicate and, and help them understand what was being said to them, help them breathe, made them more comfortable um, and kind of just held space for them. So special because even if your partner there, mother, you have whatever, your sister who's had five kids, whoever's there with you, like, so maybe your sister's had five kids, but then still, and she might be rejecting her experience or whatever that you're just like, well, I'm the hu- they have husband, no clue or whatever. Like, you know, they have no clue what you're going through or how to feel like mine. I feel like it was in many ways like frozen. Yeah. And it's nice. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's nice for guy. Like I, I, I swear to you, I think the partners refer me almost, they're like my pimps. <laughs> Is it like father to father? Oh, you guys are pregnant. You're gonna, you dude. Need you Lori. cannot do this without a doula. I can see that. Like, you, but it's at first they're like, "What a doula?" Yeah, they're and like, then "Why? Like, what am I gonna do?" And I'm like, uh, "Everything." Like, I t- help them, teach them what to do, and then we work together. I always say that I'm gonna hold space for for them, and um, that the, the partner and I will hold space for the birthing mama and work together as a team. And we're gonna be the ultimate adventure date. And we don't know what, how it's going to go, but like, we're going to prepare for everything. And in the end, we're going to have this baby. And my intention is to make it the most beautiful day, no matter what happens. And it's, and, and it's special and, um, give these guys confidence or these partners yeah. confidence that they know their partner better than anybody in that room. And, um, we might all be birth experts, but they're the experts of their partner and to really encourage them to follow that and trust that. And, and I will always, if they, they, they look scared or freaked out or they're I can look at look at my the girl and just be like she's kind of like looking over at them and kind of needing them I'll just be like can you go over and hold her hand right now or like you know just go sit with her because the more loving they are the more oxytocin Mm. the birthing mama admits and then they the labor just progresses and, and just goes much smoother hey it's me Trisha just wanted to make sure. Did you guys know that I have an actual product line? I know I tell you about the app a lot, but I sell products, physical products, like of course, I have every guest pick a keychain at the end of the episode. Well, I sell mugs, I sell an affirmation deck of cards called Own Your Awesome, just like the app, journals, wine glasses, notepads, magnets, all things to get you, to inspire you, change your thoughts, to change your life. You can find them at shop.yourgeologist.com. They even have their own Instagram page, shop or yourgeologist shop. So hey, they make the best gifts. Make sure that you're on my newsletter because that's where I'll send out sales, deals, new products, everything. You can join my newsletter from my website, yourgeologist.com. And you also get a special discount code for signing up for the newsletter. So go check it out. And now we get back to the episode. Wow. Okay. Let's talk about in your past. So you are, I feel like silly even saying this, but like you're a celebrity doula. Thank you. But me, like, you know, <laughs> I know it sounds silly. It's so right. Silly. And it's like people say that. I'm like, well, I know. And it's I again, like it's like I somewhat don't want to like bring that up or focus on. But it is like it, you know, you have supported some amazing women of fame, of people that look up to of celebrity in delivering their babies. Did any time your mind get a little like, oh, but this is so and so or like, 
you know, how are you able to like just be you no matter who it is, whether maybe it's like, I don't know if this person I've heard about this person, whether they're a name or you know or not, just to be able to like get in a place where you can just fully be there in present, not even just in the labor, probably like the first meetings, the first time you're like with them, whether it's Anne Hathaway or, you know, like someone, a name, you know, or someone you don't know, like how you're able to like be in this space of like, okay, I'm just here to support you. I'm hoping like welcoming energy or whatever. I'm guessing you put yourself in a space where your energy is well received because then they're probably a bit now though, your name, I'm guessing precedes you. People are getting referred to you. So they're just like, we love Lori. I'm going to love Lori. But maybe sometimes people are a little bit hesitant to be like, I don't really know if I'm going to be able to trust and open up into you. I, before, when I was doing massage, I was the Hollywood masseuse. So I worked with every celebrity. So you already were like, and that's an even, well, it was not more intimate, but yeah, pretty similar intimate naked bodies. I'd say birth's probably more intimate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I always worked with celebrities. And, and that, was that just like, you're in LA, you somehow. I I, I just don't know. One person and then it's all like so much as referral. It was all referral. In this town. I would, um, I was friends with a lot of agents and producers and directors and they would just, um, I ran in this Hollywood crowd that they would all refer me to all their friends and clients and then they would refer me and then they would refer so me. So do you even remember back then? So let's say you're just starting to, mis- to be a masseuse. You're with the, the agents like recommending some name that you like know. Did you have nervous doubts, fears? Like, were there anything back then that you were like noticing that you had to like, I got to show up and do this massage and get out of my head or anything like that? No, I always felt comfortable. It was weird. Um, And I've worked with some pretty amazing. I mean, all my clients are amazing. Yeah. I was like, again, I was like, I feel like I don't like to be like pointing out names, but that's the world. And it does. It's sort of like, wow, we see that person and they must be, they're so hardworking or talented in that. Then it's like, wow. And then they trust you. So that must mean something about you. You know, I just go in and treat them this I, I think the reason they like me is I don't treat them any different than I treat anybody else. Yeah. And I am very comfortable around them. And yeah. I don't literally I can honestly tell you if it's a celebrity or a regular everyday, you know, mom client that's just, you know, a regular everyday yeah. person, I don't treat them any different than I treat the celebrities. And I don't show up from any different than I do with the celebrities. And I think that because of the celebrity they because they like that. Yeah. And no, and I think they can pick up on that energy. They don't want to be around that energy. definitely in charge of an energy of like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And that, but also like at the end of the day, at the bottom, we're all, we all are these human everyday people. And that those people are still have the fears, doubts, worries, am I this enough? How is this going to go? That they're not like likely probably any in more control of like, I'm a mother. This is what I like, you know, that, that really it's probably, I'm guessing it's very similar experiences, no matter what their name and accolades and salary is. They're normal human beings. And and actually, it's funny because when I work with these people, I actually see them for who they are. And yeah, th- a lot of my celebrity clients are incredibly down to earth. Yeah. And, you know, we see the persona of who they are and, and the bigness. But like, they're, I mean, I love them all. Yeah. I love all my clients. Like, I have yeah. to tell you, like, I have such a, when you go through this journey with somebody, I'm Your bond- sure it must be like bonded for life. For life. Yeah. Bonded for life. And I would do anything for any woman and any couple that I supported through pregnancy. And I, my heart like explodes for them. So, and I would go, I'd go out of my way to protect them. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing with working with celebrities too, is I have their back forever. Yeah. And that's so, when I, you know, first created my work as a joyologist, it first was with touring artist because that's the world I came from. I was first a sound engineer. And so then I got to see and be around these people. I'm like, oh yeah, they really are the same as a, but like, oh yeah, but 
you know, like they're in a boss mode of something too. And like, they're obviously the talent. And so like paying attention, but I also got to see though, so many people are like on the tour, same as me are in that camp being paid by this person. We're working for that person, but it's still like everybody is, is often still a little bit on edge or like, so you're the boss and I know, but you're also like, you're working with them out of context a lot in like, you're not like on set with them sometimes. Maybe you probably are, but like, but you know, like for me is like, I'm in that working environment. And so everybody is a little bit walking on eggshells or this. And that was one of the reasons that inspired, well, one was that I got to see, wow, these people that are, have it all, they still are unhappy and have doubts and fears. And all these people are showing up around the world for them every night. And so uh, that was one thing. But then also seeing a lot of people aren't honest with them or real with them. Or if so-and-so is upset, then they allow that person to be upset because they don't want to ruffle any feathers or something. I would say that's the, the ones that they keep close to them are not that way. Yeah. So now when I'm like in different levels, but I still even notice that even sometimes with people's family and stuff, there would be sometimes levels of like, okay, well, I'm going to say this to you, but also like, I'm just going to let you go be pissed off now or do this or be aware of that. Yeah, you know, I like, don't know. Everybody's so different. Everybody is so yeah. different, but I experienced it in many, 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 many different camps. And again, but I'm saying like I was in a working environment, mm-hmm. like I was on the job with people every day and right. being paid, paid as, as an employee as well as a sound yeah. engineer. And so then, but so then when I first was like, I need to do more with my life, my father had passed away, which inspired me to like create this work because it was all mindset work and wellness stuff that I was doing to take care of myself. Then I ended up taking it back on the, on tour. And then I did. So I worked with artists to become their personal joyologist, keeping them in integrity with who they wanted to be taking care of. So they were, I was making all the food. I was leading them through yoga. I was taking care of them mentally and physically, and also being the person that called them out on their shit. So I would say like I would ground them down, but also lift them up when they forgot, reminded of who they wanted to be. You were their doula. Why they want to go up on stage. I was their doula. You were their joy doula. (laughs) Joy doula. I have a new title. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so like for me, I was passionate about working and I still am. I still do this. I don't tour, but I still do this coaching. I don't know. I'm still weird with that coaching manager of integrity, being a joyologist for people in the public eye, because in my experience, we're all humans. They still have these human things, doubts, fears, worries, shame, pressure coming up. But sometimes it's even coming up more because they're putting themselves out there more or because there's different expectations put upon them and that not everybody is also being real with them. So they don't open up and have these sort of conversations with everybody. So creating that space for them to be open, which you are then also doing for in a different, like to preparing for birth. But I'm guessing that you're also like really creating this safe space for them to open up about all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any other just like tidbits on, or, well, yeah. So you also said you just, you feel like people trust you because you treat them the same or anything, but is there anything you need to do like that you do mentally to like get yourself in that, in that space of like, I'm here to support you if you're meeting somebody new or anything like that, or you're just so grounded in, in who you are. No, I just show up and be myself. And yeah. they're either going to like me and, and vibe with me or, and want to hire me or they're not. And has that been an evolution though? Cause even like taking back to like that seven year time you were in soul searching, stuff like that, were you still able to just show up and be like that? Or did you have more like fears, doubts popping, you, popping up? Who are who am I to do this? Or are they I think trust I always me? had so much going on that I kind of was like, I don't know. I, I I have a very deep spiritual belief system that the right people come into your life yeah. and get you, and the ones that don't, 
it's okay. Somebody else will come in. And if I'm meant to work with somebody, I will. And if I don't, it, it, the universe, I just, I don't know. I just feel like it always works out. And I trust that. And I just show up and do me and put myself out there and kind of, you know, I don't know. I, that's just the way I've always done things. I just believe, because I do believe that everything happens for a reason. And I've been honored and blessed to work with so many amazing, incredible people. Like I look at some of my, my clientele and I, every day just going to be with these people is a blessing because they're so incredible. Like, and I think you just pull in and manifest from who you are. Yeah. And, but I think in that manifesting from you other than that really like, because you must have self-awareness and like you have this openness to be able to keep moving through it and to keep showing up. Cause sometimes people are so living in their own head that they're not able to be available to opportunities and experiences because they're holding themselves back for those things. And it seems like you've just always been able to push through. Maybe it wasn't easy. Yeah. But you would like just feel a nudge. Okay, I got to go deeper. Like that's why you go on that yoga retreat and then you learn something mm -hmm. else. You study something else. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my, my uh, therapist, my um, life coach kind of, therapist she always laughs at me because i'll be like this is coming up i need three sessions in a row let's bust through this i'm not fucking around and she'll be like boom let's do it and i just get it and she gives me the, the tools and like i work it and then it's like cleared it and we're that's we're amazing but it's also like that's an especially thing to an awareness of like oh there's this thing showing up for me or like keep noticing this thing yeah so i less i have to bust through it yeah yeah i'm a more of a plow thrower kind of a person. I just like, I figure it out as I go a lot of times um, yeah. with anything. Um, I don't know. I've just, I, I, I don't let the un, like the not knowing how to do something stop me. It just. So valuable. Yeah. Um, and I remember like that just showed it for me. Like my first product I made was the affirmation deck, the Own Your Awesome Affirmation deck. I knew nothing about products or selling something or making something. And now I realize that was a pretty complicated thing to start with because it's like 52 cards inside of a box. Like it's not just like I'm going to make like. I'm so excited to check that out. It's took Love like, it. you know, a lot of research. But I remember I'm going to bring process, it into like, my birth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to use it. Yeah. Um, but I remember in that process many times of being like, oh, this is so hard or I want to stop or how am I going to figure this out? But then also being open to like the world and like being out in the world, whether it was at like at the airport and seeing what they're selling in the airport gift shop. I remember being at the mall and there was this like random stand of like NFL team cutting boards or cheese boards or something like that. And I was just like, somebody out there had the idea to make that and they likely didn't know all the answers and they've made it happen and it's here. So if they can do that, I can figure it out and keep going too. It was just like constantly being aware of anybody that made all of this stuff. Sure, somebody might have known somebody there or whatever that like every day people are having an idea figuring out how to make it happen and making it happen. So that means I can do it too. Even if I don't know how, I just have to keep trying. And inspirations everywhere and yeah. messages are everywhere if, you're, if, you're, if you open up. I think too um, is, uh, I remember when I was writing Mindful Mom-to-Be and, um, and I share this with a lot of my friends that write books. I started, at first I was like, I'm gonna buy every pregnancy book out there. And then I didn't- Like I'm gonna buy every pregnancy book out there to research while I'm writing mine. Yes, but I didn't, I didn't end up reading any of them. Yeah. Because I got, as I bought them and I had the big pile in front of me, there is a voice which has, that I hear a lot that guides me, my inner wisdom, my, my, my intuition that said, um, 
people aren't going to buy your book because of what they wrote. They want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So I didn't even open one book and I wrote from my own experience and just kind of my own, did my own thing. Um, and a, a couple of my girlfriends have written books and they're like, what advice would you give me? I'm like, do not read all the pregnancy books. Do not read all the other books. I want you it's just whatever to- you're think you're going to write about. Don't read whatever else has been already written in that category. Right. Just do your, just do you. Yeah. Do your own thing. And so, yeah. And so then where did that, was that your idea to write the first book or did some where people kept saying you need to write a book? You know, were you, did you end up having more hit blogs or whatever? I just am that kind of person that I think when you're on the right track in life, sometimes you might have to go down the wrong road and then that leads you back on track or doors just open. And that's kind of always been like, when I started the doula training, when I started doing my doula thing, I kept starting it and then the floodgates would open. Then I'd be like, ah, maybe this isn't my calling. And then I went somewhere else. I just like would go back into school and learn something. And then I'd go back to the doula thing. Ah, and then the floodgates would open and then I'd be like, oh, maybe this isn't my calling. And when I started doing the, the doula thing and really was like, that's it. I'm doing this. I'm stepping into it. Floodgates open for me. My uh, old client, Michelle, uh, is married to a, an agent. And she said, um, you know, you've helped me so much. You should write a book. And I was like, okay. Okay. And so she let me introduce you to uh, my friend who's a book agent. And uh, her name's Brandy Bullis. And she's incredible. She's been I just like, will be with her for the rest of my life. Like she's incredible. So I sat with her on the phone one day and um, we started talking about pregnancy and I didn't know she was pregnant at the time. So oh, wow. she asked me all these questions and she's like, look, I'm totally type A. I read every single book on pregnancy. I learned more from you in an hour than I did from any of the books. Wow. Let's do a proposal. So we flushed out my ideas and then we were like, well, she's like, yeah, this Rooted for Life program. Why don't we make that the book? And I'm like, okay. So. I wrote a proposal and she took it out and she's like, look, we're not going to hear anything in s- for like six weeks. And within a week, we had a bidding war Amazing. going on and um, I sold it. She got it sold in a week. And, and was th- the name always planning to be a mindful mama to be or was it out? I don't remember. I wrote it title. so long ago. I can't even remember. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it was, but we brainstormed and came up with that. Yeah. And then... This one was always Mama's Day, the newer book. Um, and then the same thing with that. I went to New York, had lunch with her one day, and she's like, what's your next book? And I'm like, well, this is my idea. She's like, hmm, that sounds like a big undertaking. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, let's just do it. Let's write a proposal. So I wrote a proposal. She helped flush it out and clean it up. And my editor from Rodale, my first book, actually left and helped co-write or, or was my ghostwriter on this book, but I gave her co writer. She's co writer. And um, she, we loved each other so much from the first book that she came and helped me with the second book. So we wrote the proposal and again sold it in like a week. Amazing. And um, I feel like it's such a needed, like, to like, okay, yeah, there are other are mothering and pregnancy books out there, but I actually, I wasn't drawn. I did have one of my, I was pregnant at the same time as a couple friends, and I had one that like bought all of these books, read all these books, and I was like, I only read yours. It was gifted to me from Sophie Jaffe. She went to the first book release and she was at that time not thinking she was going to have other kids. Yeah. And I was pregnant. So she was like, here, I just went to this event, read this book. And I was like, oh, this book like really like speak to me in the way that you wrote and everything too. Then it was approachable 
for me to read. And it's a book that I've gifted to many friends who have then become oh, pregnant. thank you. Um, and my book, Mama Stay, um, is more for moms. Yeah. So that one's pregnancy. This is like the next, you know? Yeah. Like, I was like, it doesn't, for just people that don't know too, when you said editor, ghostwriter, co-writer. So that like, I don't think that all people realize too, it's that that it's realizing that if you have an idea or if you have something you want to share in a book, but you're like, I'm, you wrote the first book. I wrote all, I wrote both my you books. You wrote both books, but yeah. But for some people, they could have a great idea. They have this great vision. They have a good idea. But then if they feel like they're not the right, right, they, they, they actually can't write or they're stopped or they maybe like know what to say, but the sitting down and writing that like, that there's like, that's the thing. Like you can get, you can collaborate with someone. Maybe it's an editor that just helps you speak and like, okay, dig more into this or right? Like flesh this out more. Or you repeated this or whatever that somebody pointed out. But then there's also then people that you can work with to collaborate to like just get the book written best for the reader. Yeah. Some people have people write their whole book and they yeah. talk into a microphone. I like writing. It's one Which of is, my... I think that's so cool. You can just talk. I actually remember seeing that Brene Brown for one of her books. She wrote like, you know, first book, maybe two and they're a great success, but then she was getting stopped. So for one of her books, it was just her and her people in a room and that she did just talk about thing like talk it and then like recorded it and like whatever that like I might be messing like that up but I I feel like she I heard about it in a podcast or something of hers that it even is like Brene Brown who did like that just like sometimes if you feel like you have a message but you're stopped in the writing like there's other ways to get it out there but I'm like not saying that you did that I'm just saying for other people that I was like just since we had yeah mentioned ghostwriter copy like you got something, but you're being stopped by the fact of like, I can't send and write it, like do that or talk to someone or <laughs> talk into, talk your story out and then have somebody sit yeah, down and write it. Yeah, there's many different ways to write. I personally, for me, if I have to write in a structured form, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. So what I loved about having Ursula was that I'd write all my ideas and thoughts out and like, she'd have me like, okay, I want you to write about Action Mama today. And so- Oh, so then it's also like giving you- uh accountability or like something that you're just like, if you have like, I have all these things to do, then like one or the other, she's like, oh, let's write about this. You know, like, okay, that's my focus. Well, I need help being like um, honed in a little yeah. bit. So she was just like, okay, just write about Action Mama. Let your thoughts go. Write your ideas about her. Just write stories. Just write like free. And when I write free, the floodgates would open. And then she would take what I wrote and put it into structure and form. Amazing. That's how we worked. Now, um, so it is all your writing. She's just like putting it into a like, okay, this paragraph or whatever, like, you know. Yeah. And then I would say, mm, doesn't sound like me. Mm, and then and go um, back and forth. And then we'd, then we'd edit it together. Yeah. Um, or I'd say, oh, I love that. And she'd be like, what do you think if we said it like this? And I was like, oh, that's amazing. And so it becomes like this cool thing. But when um, at first we were, we, she gave me an outline to follow. And gave me dates to do it. And then kind of like gave me, like it was so structured. And I'm such a rebel. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like I would be like, mm, I can't yeah, do it. I'm like, <laughs> no. I, and nothing would come out. Like I yeah. couldn't even write because I was like, had to write a certain way. And it was like, and she's like, let's try it this way. Yeah. And because she's been at um, an editor for like, oh my God, forever at all the publishers. She knows what people are looking for. She knows how to talk in book talk. And she also... Knows how to talk to the writers to get. She knows my voice because yeah. we did two books together. And she also knows um, how to work with me. And, and that, for she just helped another girlfriend with a, a book of hers. But she's, my other girl's like, needs, she's like good with structure. 
and yeah. good with everybody like everybody works different. Yeah, do what works for you. Yeah. So she was my book doula. And be okay with saying this way doesn't work for me. Yeah. I gotta try it another way. <laughs> yeah. If you would try to force yourself into that structure thing, it doesn't work. Mama's Day wouldn't be coming out today. <laughs> no, it would not. We would never get that done. So um that's the way I work the best. Um is just to start writing my thoughts out. Even when I write anything, even like when I do an Instagram post, it's like just to start writing. Same. And like not. I was like, whoa, well, that came out. That's yeah. not exactly what I thought I was going to write. Yeah. And then just, and then sometimes I'm like, what am I saying? And then sometimes I want to delete it. And then I'm like, no, just keep going. Yeah. Just keep going because you're, there's, something's coming through you. And it'll just, resonate with someone out there. And if it didn't, then it was like it needed to come through. But I always feel like, yeah, it's, there's something, somebody out there that's going to need that message today. Yeah. I posted something the other day where I was just like, I feel like, Social media is such a beautiful thing. We have this platform, this blank platform that we can express ourselves in any way we want. But if you, if I post one thing a day, just one thing a day that helps inspire someone or, or make somebody's made someone's life a little easier or um, made somebody feel not so alone or just um, help somebody, I did my job. And it's a way for me to add, to give information free without charge Yeah. to touch millions of people in the world. Yeah. I I love social media. I mean, too. It's just, again, like, if you're not My loving mind's it. going off crazy, like crazy. Oh, right yeah. Now. Yeah. Okay. We're almost happy. <laughs> I did want to say, like, because it is, like, I, I know that both your books are very important without getting too deep into Mama's Day, because if you're interested, like, go get it. But, like, what is the mission of that book? Why did you write that book? I wrote Mama's Day because I saw, I've, I've seen a lot of mom shaming and mm-hmm. a lot of mom comparison. It's pretty, it's insane to me. Yeah. Because when I became a mom, that it made me be so much more of like, oh, okay, I see you. I got, I don't know your situation exactly, but I'm just like, you know, like when I see mom, if, whether the kid's throwing a tantrum or whatever's happening, I'm just like looking at your eye like, I gotcha. I gotcha. Like not, and, and so it's, I'm so, I do of course understand our society and that, but I'm like, it is, I just can't really understand that, that judgment, that shaming it's just for me, I'm just like, why? Like, are you kidding me? Right. Well, I think you and I are similar. We just like, just do you. Yeah. I mean, it, so it exists and it can dictate how we do things or how we maybe we do something, but then we don't tell like, oh, like I co-sleep, but I didn't tell anybody because I was afraid people, what would people think about me? Like whatever, not me, like whatever your choices are. I did sleep training, but so that means I'm evil. So whatever, just so many things are put out there that it is like you're afraid to even say what choices you've made because you're afraid of what judgments people have on you because of those choices that you've made. <sighs> well, and there's <laughs> there's so many different ways and so many different personality types. And so usually this book, there's it's multi-leveled. Yeah. So there is about like, you know, having more compassion and empathy for other moms and people that are different than you. Love that. And also seeing where you're more alike than different. Yes. Because sometimes what we don't like in somebody else or we find shame in with somebody else is something we're uncomfortable with in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of shadow work. Yeah. Um, and a lot of really like holding the mirror up and yeah. taking that honest like look at that person and saying, oh, where do I have that too? And also when you envy somebody, where do I have that too? Yeah. Because you do have it in you. Or what does that deeper like yeah. mean? Like, okay, envy, I want that. But to like, then what is that? Okay, because there's something... I'm not doing or saying that right. I want to do. And then the third piece too about Mama's Day is that it's just do you. It's cool to yes. be, you know, you are who you are. And here's some easier ways to navigate your personality and also some tools to help navigate other moms' personalities that are different than you. 
I'm so excited about to see the reaction to the book and like now it's like people buying but then the people actually reading it and the experiences that come from that yeah Yeah. I really my intention is to really um have more peace have have moms have more peace within self-acceptance self-love and then so they can have more peace in the environment all around them yeah yeah and you know women are the role models moms are the role models for their children and you know bullying starts you know, usually at home. And if, mm. if other moms are finding fault with themselves yeah, and also with other mothers and they're talking about them and they're gossiping and doing this stuff, it's like the apple doesn't fall from the tree. And even if that kid doesn't understand that, the energy, I yes. feel like they're picking up on that energy. Totally. And, you know, and then it becomes this whole thing. So it's like, we need to blaze a trail of greatness for them to follow in by being being the, the role models and, you know, sh- showing them what love and support really looks like and and acceptance and empathy and compassion. And I feel like that starts with the mother doing it for herself so that she can be able to fully do it for her children. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because they watch Mimic and become. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So wrapping up with the same questions I've been asking people, I brought all my keychains here okay. and I had you choose one. Which one did you choose and why? I am magic. Yes. And um, I've been getting older. <laughs> and um it's it's been um aging is is a trip. <laughs> so I uh, I just have to remember that the physicalness of my who I am mm. is um just an aspect of who I am and that the inside of me is pure light and magic and then that's what I really want everyone to to connect with not just the way I look. I feel like it'd be impossible for people to not connect with that. Thank you. You are light. You are magic. Thank you yeah. so much. And if somebody isn't connecting, it's because of something they've got within themselves. <laughs> Thank you. They're like, that's going to make me want to cry. envy of you. No. <laughs> well, they have that too. Yeah. <laughs> what is a go-to to raise your joy levels? Whether you're exhausted from those long marathon bursts and you got to go to press or, you know, just whatever. Maybe you get some disappointing news. You like whatever something happened. What is something you do? It could be a physical practice, something you drink, do like whatever to raise your joy levels. I moved up to Topanga and I'm surrounded by nature and peace. And so this has been a sanctuary, just being home. Um, My my dogs are just total healers. And so sometimes just going for a walk in nature with them. um, I love a good like mindless romance like novel. Yes. I mean, seriously, or like a no brainer binge watching TV. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. and being with really good friends, um, just spending time and with them gives me joy. Um, I love reading. Every morning I have a little morning ritual. I give gratitude. I write in my journal. I um, read my spiritual books, a couple, like a couple pages in a spiritual book. Um, right now I am currently reading. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. give us a reference of a spiritual book. Okay, I'm reading Within by Dr. Sadecki. Okay. Fulfilled by Anne Usum. And the rhythm of life by Matthew Kelly. So you sort of like pop them open. I just like pop open a page Love or that. two and each one and just get a little get a little nugget. A little nugget for you. the day. Yeah. So that's I what love I do. that. Um, okay. I recently wrote this in a post on Instagram and it's made me think a little about a lot of different things in my life and I see where you can apply it to yours. What is easiest for me is not always what is best for me. What is easiest for, for me? Like where you can see in your like your life, where like, well, that's a, that's the easier, comfortable choice, but maybe it's not the best thing. 
boundaries. Mm. Um, like, uh, I know I can do it all, but learning and like I, what's easiest I, for you is to be open for all people at all times or something. No. Yeah. Like to do everything myself. Got it. Okay. To do everything yourself. Yeah. Um, for yourself and others. For myself and others. And learning how to say no is probably a, a big thing. And also asking for help. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time asking for so, help. Like today. Saying no and asking for help are often what is best for you, but not what is easiest no, for you. No. Like I had to ask everybody to post today, which thank you so much because you did. And I had to ask a lot of celebrities for quotes and to help right. share the message. And it, it makes me want to vomit to actually have to. To, to send that email and to ask that. So what do you do though when you're about, when you're in that space and you're like, you want to vomit, but you're like, I know I need to do that. What's I just the do message? it. Yeah. But are you like, <laughs> you were like, well, no, I know that deep down they want to support me. Are you, do you tell yourself anything? Or are you just like, I have to fucking do this. I just plow through. I mean, it's like, it's like. You are the plower. Yeah, I'm the plower. <laughs> I mean, my, my this therapist I was working with, we need to talk about how you plow. But, um, you know, I just, I feel the fear and I do it anyway. Yes. And um, I, refuse to let it stop me. Yeah. I mean, I'll work through it and I'll be like, okay, you know, this is coming up for you. You know why, but. And then you, when you feel like the, if you don't know why, then you're going to book your sessions and. It's also like, in. what's the worst that can happen? They say yeah. no. Yeah. And. The worst because they don't reply. They say no. And then if they say no or don't reply, it's still, I'm still in the same position I am now. Yeah. And then if they, if they do do it, great. And if they don't, I still win because I actually stretched a muscle that's so uncomfortable for me yeah. to ask. Yeah. So. It's a win-win. So, so, yeah. So true. Okay. Last one. The working title, likely the real title for the podcast is Claim It, meaning it's up to us to claim our joy, to claim our enoughness, to claim our worth, to claim our value, to claim our dreams, everything. It's up to us to claim it. What are you claiming for yourself right now? What am I claiming for myself right now? God, I don't know. It's kind of a big question. Yeah, like, <laughs> but it's been fun I to think, hear you what people because everybody's right sort of like, huh? Yeah, no. that's like, and then it's that amazing what me. comes out because it's just sort of like, well, listen to whatever that thing okay. is saying, or you're like, I don't I know guess, what I'm even saying, but okay. I guess where I'm at or what came up for me right now in my life is um, really evaluating the way I do my life and um, making some space for a relationship. Mm. And um, I just did a new vision board, um, new relationships in all levels um, with some of my, some friendships, and uh, really reclaiming uh, myself more as far as like uh, integrating myself back into my life because I've always just been like I've been in a workhorse for the last yeah ten years, and um, to have more fun. And and to, uh, you know, have a life outside of work. Yeah. And that's what is like, sounds very much, and I can see and feel you love what you do. I love it. You are in it fully. But yeah, mm -hmm. you got to, you got to nurture. Yeah. Take care of me. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I have had such an amazing time talking to you and I love you so much. And I knew Thank I was like, you. I love you so much. And I, I don't know. know you. I feel and the I same. Have to talk to you. I feel the same. I was like, oh my God, hi. <laughs> like, I really feel like I know you. Like, we're like the besties already. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Whoa. I hope you loved Lori and her story. <laughs> 
just as much as I did. Super interesting. And also, um, I feel like I really want to go to her hypnotherapist. I'll see if I can um, get her her name and include it in the show notes, which by the way, if you can find show notes, things that we mention, yourjoyologist.com slash podcast, and then type in the person's name or you'll see it there on the page. To find more about Lori, you can go to lauribregman.com. On Instagram, she's lbreggy. Um, you can also buy her books. I have, will have links in the page. Mama Stay is her second book and The Mindful Mother to Be mindful mom to be, which I love that book. It was like the only pregnancy book I read and I've gifted it to other friends. And Mama's Day is more for like, it says, discover a more authentic, balanced, and joyful motherhood within. Because man, moms can be tough on each other. There's so much confusion, judgment, all of that, as we talked about in the episode. So, so great that she wrote this book. Her new superfood brand is called Seed Life. You can find that at seedlife.com. For all things me, I'm at Your Joyologist. You can find my website, blogs, videos at yourjoyologist.com. And um, please message us, share the episode, tell us which parts you loved. And if you subscribe, rate the episode, screenshot it, and email it to me, yourjoyologist at yourjoyologist.com. You're entered to win a box full of affirmation-based goodies from my product line. Yes, I sell the keychains like I have every guest shoes, magnets, mugs, wine glasses, journals, all sorts of things with empowering sentences, phrases on them. So I'm going to leave you with the final thought of what are you claiming for yourself today?